0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's week 15, and for many of us, the fancy playoffs have started. We're going to get you all caught up on the ranks for the week. Running backs, wide receivers, trends to look out for, possibly some playoff tips. It's Jim Coventry and myself here on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. I'm Jeff Erickson here with my good friend Jim Coventry. Jim! How are you doing? How are your fantasy playoff weeks? How's your initial fantasy playoff week starting
2: for you? Looking very well. Got a few real nice matchups. The bye weeks are over, Jeff, so we're really excited about that. Now we just got to navigate injuries and game situations, but really excited.
1: All right. All right. So let's talk right about it here. Let's get right to it here. There's a lot to uh, go over. It's chaos at quarterbacks this week. We may have six brand new quarterbacks this week. You never see that in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, of course, you never see six teams on by the week before the fantasy playoffs start, but here we are. It's uh, it's 2022 and that's the year we're having. So, you know, let's get into it here. I, you know, especially with these teams that are actually competitive, like Baltimore. I don't know who's
2: gonna start yet. The good news is we've already seen some practice time out of Tyler Huntley. So Mm -hmm. that is encouraging. And I believe it was a full practice on Wednesday, which is today. So that is super encouraging that he looks to be moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So that means uh, no, we're not uh, left with Anthony Brown, which I mean, it didn't look good. uh, in the brief uh, sample there, they were able to run the ball with him still, but uh, they they did not want to get to that. I wonder how much the line moves if Huntley is the starter. I know currently it's Brown's minus three. Honestly, I'm on the Ravens side of that just because I think the Browns are dysfunctional in their own right. They play on Saturday, so we have one less day to get ready for that game. Uh, What say you about
2: that matchup? So the Ravens are going to obviously be the physical running team they are. And it's a perfect week to be that way. Now, we know it's a divisional matchup, so we Mm -hmm. always have concerns about that. But Cleveland still rates out from an NFL perspective as a bottom four run defense. And certainly they may want to consider stacking the box. I don't know that it makes a difference. The Ravens will use... Patrick Ricardner, 300-pound player, as well as a movable chess piece, fullback type. They block it up really well. I think they're able to overwhelm. And with even with Anthony Brown, right, you mentioned it, he's at least mobile, and it gives the running backs a little extra edge, but Huntley certainly is better. I think they're able to run the ball on Cleveland. And defensively, the Ravens are so much better since they added Roquan Smith, not Does that just make them a better run defense? But allowed Patrick Queen to really be the player they wanted all along. They get him freed up to do damage. Everybody's better because of Roquan.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I I 100% agree. And Cleveland's got their own problem on defense. JOK is now out for the season. They have not been able to keep that linebacker position full all season long. Uh, It's been a real problem, and that's why they struggle so much in stopping the run. Uh, I I think that, uh, and I know we're talking about the running game so much, but when we're talking about quarterbacks, but I do think if if we see uh, Huntley play, are you comfortable using Huntley as a fancy playoffs quarterback? Say you lost Kyler Murray this week. Are you comfortable with Huntley being your pivot?
2: You know, Jeff, the deal with Huntley was, we remember those two really big games he had last year. Green yeah. Bay goes off for like 38 fantasy points. Even Cleveland, who he's playing this week, 22. But as the film got out, I mean, he had a couple tougher matchups, but he became a little less effective the longer he was in. And this year, it's worse because there's no receiving help. Rashad Bateman's long gone. Yes. Mark Andrews getting ganged up on and what are you going to let Demarcus Robinson beat you or, you know, good luck or Devin Duvernay to me he's a special teamer. It's really what he should be. So realistically, he has no weapons. And so if you're going to take Huntley, it's in the hopes that he's running for 65, 70 yards, maybe a rushing touchdown. But I don't think there's a tangible ceiling there, Jeff.
1: I kind of agree with you. When I do my update tomorrow, I always do an update on my rankings on Thursday after posting on Tuesday night. Huntley's probably going to log in somewhere around 20, like below Matt Ryan, right there with Deshaun Watson, his opponent this week. Uh, I I have no faith
2: in Deshaun Watson yet. I'm not impressed. You know, Jeff, it's funny. I, my rankings are the same as yours. I have number 20 right there in front of me, Tyler Huntley. So we're on the same page here. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson. I have missed QB 17. That is not a ringing endorsement because no. you already mentioned there are six new quarterbacks. So he's 17 in a field that is tarnished.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And remember, all 32 teams playing, we can find better. You know, if Trevor Lawrence is out there. Yeah, I hate, I hate the matchup against the Cowboys, but man. Give me Trevor Lawrence over either of those any
2: day. You know, Trevor Lawrence, here's what's funny. The thing I liked best about him was two weeks ago, there was a play in the red zone and he was rolling to the outside. And we saw that script earlier twice this year where he threw the ball right to a defender. That time, two weeks ago, he looked, he looked up and he threw the ball out of the end zone. Yes. That was a growth moment. It yes. Seems like that springboarded him. And now he's playing like better at in other elements. So it's been really nice to see that. And yeah, you're right. The Dallas matchup is not great. They're going to pressure him. And ETN has not been running well. But at least against Dallas, they're down Anthony Brown. They do have other injuries that are a little bit piling up. And this is a game where at least the slot with Christian Kirk. Maybe that gets going a little bit, but yeah, Lawrence is an okay option. I do have Miss quarterback 11. Again, there are not a lot of solid quarterback plays this week, but 11 is good enough.
1: Yeah, I have him at 13, so we're in the same same neighborhood there again. Cade Smith has got a stream of quarterback this week, and he's asking, asking for options. Goff, Geno, Lawrence, Brady, Tannehill, Mike White. In that list, I don't love the matchup, but I'm going Geno. Uh, at home against uh, the Niners. You don't run against the Niners. We know this. Running backs have a miserable time against the Niners. But I think you can throw a
2: little bit against them. You know, Jeff, Geno, it was his worst game of the year. Now it was week two. We're going to give him that. But he was yeah. actually playing well from the get-go. And yeah. But they completely shut him down. 197 yards and zero touchdowns. It was one of only two games all year he didn't have multiple touchdowns. Now Tyler Lockett did go for 100 yards in that game. and But ultimately, the problem is going to be, Nick Bose is going to get his pressure. And we like the way that the rookie tackles have played for Seattle. But like you're saying, I do think San Francisco, we saw last week, you can run all day on Seattle. So San Francisco is going to put up some points. So that leads to your point. They're going to trail. There should be some garbage time here. And I mm-hmm. do think Gino, he has those great receivers. So I think he gets enough done in garbage time to be a decent fantasy play.
1: Yeah. So of that list, did you like Gino the best or is there one you prefer? We'll throw the list up, the options up here again. Goff, Gino, T-Law, Brady, Tannehill,
2: Mike White. So I do have Gino at the top of that list. I have him just ahead of Goff. And then I, we, so right there. So that is where we're looking right there. Goff and him are close. I don't like Goff this week because Goff is playing the Jets. That's not a good matchup. So yeah. Gino's a little bit ahead. And I again, I think there's gonna be garbage time. So he's the top of that list for me.
1: Yeah, and so that's the thing is I I feel the same way. I don't really love golf this week. I don't like a lot of quarterbacks this week. Correct. It's a tough week for quarterbacks. In fact, Gino is at nine on my list, and I'm not thrilled to start him. But I don't really like anybody below him. Like Trevor Lawrence has got a bad matchup there. Golf's got a bad matchup. Rogers eh, maybe maybe he's coming around a little bit. I don't know. Off the bye, eh. Mike White. I like the matchup. I don't know like the health and I you know honestly you know, we'll see. I mean, Detroit's played a little bit better defensively. I know that their their composite pass ratings are pretty strong. I mean, are, are pretty strong for us in our favor, but they've been playing better lately. I know that Cousins got
2: his yards last week, but he also got hit a few times too. He did. And it was the Justin Jefferson factor, right? No mm-hmm. matter what you're going to do defensively, the Thanksgiving game. I remember saying Belichick's going to try to take out Jefferson, but he doesn't have the horses to deal with it. Jefferson was always going off. And so that is no matter how well, like you point out, Detroit is playing exponentially better on defense, but they were never going to have an answer for Justin Jefferson, but this game against the jets, this is outdoors in New York. This is going to be a cold winter game. Both teams are probably going to be conservative on offense. Look, Do you want Goff throwing against those corners, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner? I don't think so. No. And Mike White has banged up ribs, and the pass rush for the Lions is coming on. They don't want to subject him to that. It's a little better to run right now against Detroit than it is to pass, and they have shown getting Zonovan Knight in there. And I think this game's low scoring, low volume. To speak to your point, the quarterbacks are not attractive options in this game.
1: No, they're not. You can do worse. There are worse options <laughs> yes. out there that you might have to turn to. Brock Purdy, I think he's going to play. I think that that's that part's taken. I think that yeah, I know he's listed as questionable. Uh they said he should be able to play without risking a more serious injury could impact his throwing and his mobility. You're not going to get that rushing touch that we saw last week, I don't think. Um and that 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 steers me away from wanting to start him. What do you think of him as a player so far? You know, we've seen a game in almost two full games out of him.
2: So there is no better scenario to be in as a young quarterback than playing in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, things are defined very quickly and easily for you. Typically, the the pass route is one that develops very fast. So the pass rush doesn't even have a time to develop. The cornerbacks often don't even have an opportunity to engage. And talk about having a hot route. Your hot route's Christian McCaffrey. It's so great. So Purdy is doing exactly what he needs to do. I don't think we could fairly evaluate him as an overall quarterback because this is optimal situationally. He's doing what he should do. This game, honestly, this game is all about handing the ball off. Seattle cannot stop the run any longer. They've been exposed. I don't think they want Purdy with the oblique injury. Don't, you don't want him tested Tariq Woolen? Even Mike Jackson, who's not bad. I don't think they want to go there. Debo is out. And if Ayuk's going to get them out, we saw two years ago, Ayuk can be used on those short crosser and underneath and even at the line of scrimmage throws. Purdy's going to be throwing a lot of these types of passes when he throws. So this is not a good fantasy game. But to answer your question, he is a good Shanahan quarterback. Better than the Nick Mullins and the C.J. Beathards of years ago. It is an upgrade over those. It's not a huge drop off from Jimmy G.
1: In fact, uh, I saw that he had a couple of touchdown throws with uh, over 25 air yards that uh, Jimmy G hasn't had this year. Yes. So it was interesting that route by Ayuk on that one last week against oh. the bucks.
2: Woo-hoo. That
1: was a nice route. I uh, loved seeing that really ran it well. Um, yeah. I think you'll see a little bit more Jawan Jennings in this game. I think you're going to see more Jordan Mason. People realize like you, as you alluded to, they, Seattle's really been disastrous against the run. Yes. I mean, you just got to remember the Josh Jacobs game like th- three weeks ago, how, how crazy he went in that game. The Bucks ran well against them. The Bucks don't run yes. well against anybody. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think Jordan Mason gets more work than you're, you're expecting, more than your average backup running back. Uh, Desmond Ritter is getting
2: his first start. Any interest? So it's going to be interesting with him. And the reason it's going to be interesting is we saw about 65% play action on early downs for Marcus Mariota. Arthur Smith understood that Marcus Mariota was not able to get things done. So he set him up as best as possible. There were a lot of deep shots taken there. Now, a lot of different varying opinions about Ritter at the college level. But he actually graded well on downfield passes. And with the way the play action set up, and Drake London is a big target. Alameda Zacchaeus can get downfield. Demir Bird to a degree. I think they're going to pick his shots to throw. But I think overall, he'll have a decent debut. Now, for fantasy, it's going to be sketchy. He's probably throwing one touchdown. You're hoping he gets, you know, 185 yards. But there will be opportunities. And it's hard to run against the Saints. Saints coming out of a bye, maybe a little healthier up front on the Mm -hmm. defensive line. So there will be opportunities. There is a world where Ritter outperforms this. It's just hard to project it, Jeff.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I do think you're still going to see them be run heavy, even in the face of this opposition. I think that's the way they want to run. We haven't seen this matchup since week one. Uh, you know, when, when the Falcons held, you know, played a lot better than people expect in that game, Marshawn Lattimore missed the Saints previous game. He was a limited participant with the abdomen injury here. He's missed eight games in a row. I mean, it's just, that it's, that shows kind of the season it's been. And what a big difference he'll make if he is there for the Saints. So that's something to watch for there a little bit as far as that goes. Uh, One more quarterback issue jazz asked, And this is, he's digging deep here, Jim. Hopefully uh, you've got an opinion on any of these guys waffling on stashing Huntley or Minshew for next year or rush Brissett, Trask, Mills, Zappy and Purdy are all available. You're looking for a stash, not, not to use this week. Do you have a preference on any of these guys?
2: Yeah, let's think this. I mean, First of all, Lamar Jackson is going to get paid. I, I mean, there's yeah. no way that you, can, you can't you can let a quarterback walk. I, I just think Minshew is a career backup. The, there's possibility. But all of these guys, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is the one who could get a stopgap job somewhere. Because he showed this year, if you give him a play-action game, he could be decent. So I think if you're stashing one, he may have the best chance to be starting somewhere in week one. Okay. What happens with Tom Brady in Tampa? He's a free agent, so he's definitely going somewhere other than Tampa because apparently he tried to get to Miami this year. It didn't exactly work out. So he will have his pick of where he wants to go. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting offseason because he'll find the best team in a Super Bowl window, maybe San Francisco. There was a little buzz about San Francisco before this You see, when he was kind of having that loose talk as well. Well, he's from San Francisco. Yeah, and, San
1: Mateo. Yep.
2: Right? Trey Lance, look, they he's their guy down the road. But if Tom Brady walks in, could you imagine Brady in this Shanahan offense? Because Jimmy G, you know, his contract's up, let him go. Bring in Tom. Wow. That'd be crazy, Jeff.
1: It would be. It would be. Uh, so no Kyle Trask though, is what I was kind of digging nope. out there. I don't think he gets a chance. Uh, nope. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Misa asks, uh, well, I got one more quarterback. I lied. Uh, Dolphins-Bills, will it be a shootout? This is a Tua question. It's been rough Rough sledding the last two weeks for Tua. He, no Austin Jackson on his right side. He, he didn't have his left tackle for one of the two games. Probably compromised last week against the Chargers. Chargers actually got a pretty good pass rush on him last week which is something you didn't expect to see, especially with no Joey Bosa against Buffalo in Buffalo on Saturday night on short rest. I'm not feeling that good feeling the dolphins at all. I
2: don't think this is a shootout at all. No, this is a winter game in Buffalo again. The other thing is, here's what I've learned from watching the film two weeks in a row on Tua. Now, the 49ers played a little different. They did it more with talent, whereas obviously the Chargers or beat up did it with scheme. But the thing that really worked, Tua is a very timing and rhythm-based quarterback. If you get Tua off his rhythm, A, he's in a lot of trouble, which has been the book on him with pressure. When the 49ers got pressure on him, you'd see his feet in the pocket. They were choppy. He was not moving his feet well. And then Brandon Staley, what he did was what no coach ever wanted to do. He chose to press Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at the line, even when they were in the slot. Now it's a boom bust because if you get beat, It's an ADR touchdown, right? Yeah. But what they saw in that game was by jamming them both, the timing on the passing plays was completely trashed. And Tua, here's the thing, single coverage press man. What happened was the receiver would get behind him. But Tua is best at throwing darts into the zone into the windows of the zone in this game because of the style of defense he had to feather it in over the top and you could see that is not a throw he is good at he is a dart thrower he's not yeah. the drop and feather so believe me there is a book out now there could be some things that mike mcdaniel could do but fundamentally we know two a we know his weaknesses buffalo they like playing zone but if they learn something from last week they're going to do the same thing this week no, i agree i agree All right. um, We're going to move
1: on to running backs. Uh, we'll, We'll hit up any other quarterback questions in the chat at the end of the podcast. But first a quick note from our friends on the blue wire network.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data
1: Thank you for your indulgence on that. All of our uh, podcasts are hosted on the Blue Wire Network, so we play their ads. Let's move on to the running backs. Uh, you know, this is, a, a, again, it's always a tricky week, I should say that. But, uh, you know, I, I like to kind of dig on some of the less obvious guys, but I got to start with J.K. Dobbins with you. I know we're, talk, we spoke already about this game a little bit. J.K. Dobbins was a kind of key part of your thread on your, your weekly Twitter running backs thread. You look at the stat line, 120 rushing yards, had
2: the touchdown. (laughs) Is he back? So what we saw, his usage looked exactly like it was in 2020. It was basically Gus Edwards getting a few less snaps, but getting a. About the same amount of carries. They Mm -hmm. rotated them very well. They always kept Dobbins fresh. Now, what propelled Dobbins as a fantasy factor in 2021, top of my head, I believe he scored in his last eight games. His yardage was normally 80 or less. He had that 160-yard game. And last week, obviously, he had the 140-yard game. But with that same usage, this is a great matchup against Cleveland. You mentioned earlier, JOK out. And they don't stop the run well. J.K. Dobbins, as from an NFL standpoint, he's fresh right now. I know he's been dealing with injury recovery, but he's fresh. And he looked fresh last week. And he's going to get those 11 to 15 carries. But he should be highly productive on those. And we've seen him in the red zone. He's not a fluke in the red zone. He makes people miss. He's explosive in the short area. I think I have missed running back 11 because there's a lot of options I hate this week. He is in a great spot despite the limited usage.
1: Man, we're sharing a brain. I have him at 10. It's right there, right there with you on that one there. I one guy I have below him, which I would normally never have below him, is Saquon Barkley at 14. Uh, 14. Same thing. Good grief. Um, you know, limited, uh, on Sunday in the blowout loss, they said some of that was game situation, but obviously a lot of it was because they want to protect his neck. He was a game time decision coming up there. He looks
2: different. Jeff, we saw, so here's a point I want to make what we've seen this season. We have seen playoff game planning in the regular season. Normally, Bill Belichick was the guy, game plan specific, other teams slightly, but teams did not make those sell-out game plans. About week six this year, defenses went that route. We have seen almost every team that is a one-dimensional offense, we have seen defensive game planning set to take away the right hand and say, you're going to beat us up with your left hand if you can, and you probably can't. So we've seen it to Derrick Henry. We've seen it to Saquon Barkley. We have seen it to a number of other running backs. Saquon Barkley has been shut down, not just because of the neck, but because defenses are taking him away. He's getting ganged up on. They're saying, beat us with Darius Slayton. You have your one D play a game. Fine, you'll get that. Cool. You can beat us with Richie James. You could beat us with, not now, but David Sills a while ago. You could beat us with these guys, Isaiah Hodgins. Saquon Barkley is going to struggle down the stretch. Because he is not going to have any room to, and he's not running behind a good offensive line. Jeff,
1: right, right. This was always a transition year, first year with Dable. I mean, the fact is they got off to such a great start, and I think that kind of changed our like eye or eye level on them. And now we're like surprised that oh they're struggling. No, they were just never that good. They just got off, they, they they got off to a great start and good for them, but they're not
2: that team. It was smoke and mirrors, Jeff. It was a great coaching job by Dable. He was using two and three tight ends, sometimes using multiple tight ends and multiple running backs. He was gaining numbers in the running game and leveraging Daniel Jones's running ability, and it was freeing up space. And ultimately, like we said, defense made the decision, okay, you're really limited if you do that. And But you're right, totally right. It's a great start, but they were figuring it out.
1: Damian Pierce has a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss at least this week and up to three weeks. I wouldn't count on him for the rest of this, the, the, our season for our purposes. Rex Burkhead, Dario Gumbanwale. If you have to pick one of them up, I do in one league. I'm in a, I'm in a 16 teamer where I have Pierce. Who would
2: you choose? I am going to go with Rex Burkhead here. He only has to get it done for three weeks. He'll, they'll both be passing down backs. Burkhead is more likely to see work if they get in the red zone, if he's more likely to see a bigger number of carries. Obviously they can use him in pass protection. He's more versatile in his backfield route running. So I think for a short stretch, I would tend to go with Burkhead. And I know, I know he looked terrible last week.
1: Yeah, he did. Well, some of that was because they had Driscoll in at the same time, and <laughs> someone ran the wrong way on that fourth down play. I'm not sure which one was to blame. I think it was probably Driscoll, but I don't know. I mean, they had it at the one-foot line, though. All they had to do with, and they ran yes. it twice in a row, like uh, on these complicated plays. They run two quarterback sneaks, they get the job done, and, and they win that game. Yes, crazy, crazy. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. Three passes la three receptions last week. I know McKinnon was the guy that had the big fantasy day. but Pacheco had the usage though that I like to see. Uh including like a game, like a game ending, like game clinching first down run where he ran over some players and celebrated a little too much. But um he he's gaining more and more trust in the Andy Reid system.
2: He definitely is. And I have him aggressively ranked as my running back 24 this week, Jeff. And oh, I'm more my... aggressive than you, my friend. Are you? 17. Yes. Yes. And, and well, I could totally make a case to move him to 21. Totally. And what do you have Matt, Jeff? 17. 17. Oh, so that's very Hit aggressive. Me. Hit yeah, me. That's... I got him yeah.
1: over Montgomery. I've yes. got him over Zeke and Jamal yes. Williams and Brian Robinson.
2: <laughs> See, that's awesome. And here's what I like this week. So, the book on Houston is well, they're the easiest team to run on, right? They haven't been the last month, no. and the last month they're stuck. They stuffed the powerful runners. It's the explosive outside. Like Kareem Hunt did well against them. Chubb didn't. Pollard did fairly well. Zeke not so much. But the difference here is. Against those opponents, Houston and Lovey Smith sold out to stop the run. They said, okay, well, that's what we want to do because we know you want to run on us. Yeah, good luck
1: on that one there. (laughs) Right. You're not selling out to stop
2: Isaiah Pacheco because there's a man with a 15, with a big S on his chest, Patrick Mahomes, something like that. So, yeah. So, nobody is lining up to stop Pacheco. So, he is going to feast. Even if it's 12 carries, Jeff, he can get 85 yards on those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he could.
2: And and I think he's going
1: to get three to four passes a game now. I think you got to keep the opposing defenses honest. You can't just say, hey, we're going to run the ball Pacheco's in the game. I like that they're just, they're sprinkling him in there a little bit there more. So I like that there. Uh, as much as I like Pacheco, I still start Goff in the super flex over him there. I'm Unless you have some punitive QB scoring rules, the answer is almost always the other quarterback in this case. It's, even though Goff in a bad match, I'm still starting Goff.
2: Yeah, you have, he's a quarterback, right? And he's been playing so well. Like, we don't like the matchup against the Jets this week, but Goff has been playing extremely well. Now, one thing I will point out, Goff has done his best against zone defense, looking very good against that. I think he's going to see significantly more man this week, but you can't sit him. He's playing well. He has great weapons. So, yeah, you roll with it.
1: If you, follow, if you don't follow Jim on Twitter already, you should at Jim Coventry NFL. He does a, a weekly running back thread and a weekly wide receiver thread. In your running back thread, you had some comments on the Bengals' timeshare between Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan.
2: Yes, it was interesting to me. I fully expected Joe Mixon to go back to a workhorse role. So we understood, and we talked earlier in the season, how Cincinnati the first few weeks was very predictable in offense. Zach Taylor has grown as a coach this year. He has made fundamental shifts in the offense since week five. Joe Mixon was averaging five yards per carry. He has been very, very good in the revamped offense they're using. And the thing is with P. Ryan, P. Ryan, he is not close to the level of runner Mixon is. Mixon presents threats to the defense that P. Ryan doesn't. And P. Ryan's productive, and he scores fantasy points. And, of course, we play fantasy, so we love that. But right now, based on the usage, and you got to count the targets last week, P. Ryan got a healthy dose of work. And it was, pro- off the top of my head, it was probably close to 35 to 40% of the work in terms of the targets and touches to Mixon. Now, does that go back next week? I don't know, because Mixon wasn't recovering from, like, a soft tissue injury or an ankle. He was cleared from a concussion. So you would think he would have been a full go for that game. From a physical standpoint so i'm concerned jeff what do you think about that
1: well you know i'm a resident Bengals fan on staff um yes. p ryan showed well when mixon was out i think that's the thing what i liked about p ryan is he was better after contact he broke tackles uh and tackles that mixon wasn't breaking earlier in the year um now maybe he's fresher and mixon's fresher now maybe p ryan was the fresh back and hey fresh legs allows you to break those tackles yeah uh p ryan had two drops last week against the browns he had five targets only one catch two were kind of, you know one i think burrow rifled from a pretty short distance so okay well you know right write that <laughs> off but he had two other drops that were kind of like eh, you should have had those uh but normally he's pretty reliable um he got the touchdown where he bounced off uh tacklers from the middle and Clowney decided he didn't want to keep playing um so thank you for that um that was nice um uh, I don't think it's going to be an easy row to hoe against the uh, Bucks run defense, although Evita Vea is not going to play. So that helps. Um, I still think it's a tough. It's not the traditional. Oh, you never run against the Bucks defense, but it's also not the Cleveland Browns or Seattle Seahawks out there either, though. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, it'll be a little bit of a challenge to run.
2: Now, Jeff, it's going to be an interesting game because we don't know T. Higgins' status with the hamstring.
1: and don't trust the Bengals for that.
2: Yeah, Right, right, right. And Tyler Boyd initially said missed one to two weeks. Well, he practiced on Wednesday. And so now he's in the mix. But if they're limited or hurt, there's so many variables. Because like you said, Vita Vea out, that is a game changer. It allows you to run. Now, and I know we're not talking receivers yet, but remember, Jamel Dean is going to miss multiple weeks. He's in a walking boot right now. Yeah, and, and so they're going to be able to attack there. They're going to be able to pick their poison. I think they're balanced this week. And I think they can really pile up points in both facets of the offense. So the running game is going to click a bit this week.
1: Yeah, I, it could. And I'm glad to see that. And I think that's good. Uh, about the Bengals and about T. Higgins, I think I think this was deliberate by the Bengals. I think they knew Higgins was not going to be able to go. I think they – they. I don't know. He may have really, truly had a setback in warm, pregame warm-ups. I think they knew all along that was an issue. I don't buy this whole. Oh, we were scrambling to figure out who was going to run what <laughs> routes and all that. No, they knew. I mean, and first of all, they knew the of the risk. They, they don't. They lost that credit by the way they handled Higgins in the Baltimore game earlier this year on the Sunday night game. Yeah. Um, so it was bad luck with Boyd. That was a legit injury that happened in the middle of the game. Watch the injury report. If Higgins is not full practicing on th- on Friday then I'm going to be very wary. They play in the afternoon slate, the second slate of the games. Keep in mind, we have three Saturday games and a Thursday game, so we're losing some of our pivots, more of our pivots than usual with the Bengals. And then then the early slate goes. So you're down to maybe six games, five, six games that you have to choose from there when you're trying to pivot away from T. Higgins if he can't play. I I, I need a full practice. I need full faith and credit before I'm willing to do anything with Higgins this week.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. You can't take a chance in the fantasy playoffs like that. Not worth it at all. Um, so yes, that's the point with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow though should be fine. I still think he should be fine. I love one thing. I know we're talking receivers, but I got to say it chase against teams. He sees for the first time. I don't think the film truly represents his speed on the field because sometimes these NFC teams. He's torn up. Yes. It's just like, they have no clue what's coming. And like I said, the bucks it out, Jamel Dean, I think we're going to have a crazy game from Mr. Chase.
1: Yeah. That Atlanta game comes to mind there. As far as that goes, that was beautiful. I <laughs> love that game. Um, Pats, we have some injury issues there. Damian Harris actually returned to practice today. Ramondre Stevenson did not. Uh, you know, he suffered the ankle injury, tried to come back on Monday night, had to go back to the locker room. They stayed out West, uh, so that limits the, the travel time at least. Are you interested in Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong? Any You know, if, if Damian Harris isn't full go, or, uh, or, or if Damian Harris is full go, are you interested in Damian Harris? How, how would you handicap this Pats backfield?
2: So right now, and again, the practice participation is going to be important as we go. Yep. I imagine Damian Harris will be their guy. And he obviously, he's played very well when they've utilized him. Ramondre moved ahead of him. But that's not because Damian Harris is a poor player. It's Stevenson was doing – you weren't diagnosing runner pass on the field. They like to use him as a receiver. Harris will take over that lead role. Now, the backup question is interesting. So Harris came in. And he seemed to be like the guy to take over for Ramadre. and then the change-up guy seemed to be Pierre Strong.
1: That's the way I gathered, and the usage reflected that eight to four in terms of carries. Uh, and Strong got most of his work really late. He was the finisher, and he did finish. I mean, he had the fourth quarter touchdown, and he had the he had the he also had that huge run to start the third quarter, um, and then he had the run at the end of the game where I was like, "Thank you for just going down after getting the first down." There, I had a lot of fantasy interest relying on not on. Hollywood Brown and yeah, DeAndre Hopkins not getting that another chance to pile on
2: yards. So I was, that was a beautiful thing. I was very happy with him. Absolutely. So it gets to the bottom of the question, Harris. I'm trusting if he's clear to a full practice, I have him low in my rankings. I don't know right now what his status truly is. of course a Belichick you might not find that out, but I'm trying to figure out who the change of pace is. Do they keep the same roles they had Monday and then, so would Harris, Damian, take over Kevin Harris's role, and would Pierre Strong stay in the role he was in? And that's what I can't figure out, too small of a sample size, and does right. Belichick have specific roles for him? Because he would be the coach. It wouldn't be like, all right, you slide from the one. Her- Damian Harris said, now, Kevin, you move beneath him. I- they may have specific roles. And that's why I'm going to be very difficult in by projecting his backfield out beyond Damian Harris.
1: Yeah, I- I'm with you, and it's Belichick. You know, whatever you think you know, you don't know um it's part of what what makes him so good it's frustrating for us but you know he's not a guy that shows the tendencies as well so super frustrating i get it there um kenneth walker is going to play thursday night bad bad matchup horrible matchup about the only good thing going for him is that it's thursday night which your running backs usually do a lot more on thursday night games the short turnaround he didn't play last week but man i just i don't want my running backs going up against the
2: niners you know, Jeff, when these teams played back in week two, and I know things were different, Rashad Penny, six carries, 10 yards, Walker, four carries, 10 yards. That's so good. Now yeah. it, 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 this is like you said, it's a very difficult team to run on And Here's my question, Jeff. How is it that you don't play on a Sunday? You don't practice the prior week and all of a sudden you're a full practice on Tuesday for a Thursday game. It makes no sense to me as a coach. If he was healthy it was a much more winnable game against Carolina than it was against San Francisco. They're both divisional matchups. So if it was a matter of leverage for playoff seating, how did he get healthy from being a, a scratch? It makes Pete Carroll. I never trusted with injuries. So a full practice yeah. fine. Was it, was it really, I am very skeptical of Ken Walker.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I think he's a break glass in case of emergency sort of guy this week. I wouldn't want to start him. I've got him at 31. Got him behind Leonard Fournette and Devin Singletary. I might move Fournette below him, but right there with DeAndre Swift, Jarek McKinnon, Shuba Hubbard. This is the neighborhood he's in right now for me.
2: It's exactly where I am. I have him behind DeAndre Swift, which is low, low, low. So running back 28. And where you're ranking, you're probably, I think I might like yours a little better than mine at 31. But yeah. we're in the same. We're we're in that RB three rage with them.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, you hope that you know that that that's you have two better choices as a playoff team. Uh, although sometimes that way, you know, if you're playing this week, that means you're probably like a three through six seed. You're probably not one of the top two teams. So unless you're like in the NFC, in which everybody plays. Um. The, the, the you know we, we're gonna move on to uh, wide receivers because we got a lot to cover. Uh, all of our podcasts are brought to you during the football season by our friends at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic, fancy sports platform available today. Playing pick em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. All you have to do is download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. You can sign up now with promo code Wire. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at knowhouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get the first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. I'm here with Jim Coventry. You guys know Jim very well. But in case you don't, follow him on Twitter, at Jim Coventry NFL. Jim, let's move to wide receivers. We lost a couple big ones. We talked about T. Higgins already. Debo's going to be out at least three weeks. Yes, But we are going to get Romeo Dobbs back, it looks like, on Monday night. I want to start with the Packers, because there's a lot of moving parts here. First of all, Christian Watson's on a heck of a heater. We got dubs coming back. Alan Lazard is still getting copious amount of targets, including in the red zone still. I I need I need Lazard in one of my key leagues still to be a productive player. What do you think about those that trio of receivers in that matchup on Monday night against the Rams? So
2: fundamentally, the Packers want to run heavy personnel. They don't want to go with three receivers unless they're in an obvious passing situation. So on most downs they are going to have two receivers on the field. Alan Lazard is not just a reliable receiver, but he's an outstanding blocker, which allows them, when they want to get some of their run concepts out of the pass formation, he is critical to that piece. Christian Watson, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Romeo Dobbs had been good, but inconsistent, whereas Watson has been a little more consistent as the weeks have gone on. So to me, he has clearly moved past Dobbs and they drafted him higher right Jeff so to me he's a lock in that lineup and he is going to get those play action deep shots he's going to get opportunities to score each week
1: yeah so how what does that translate into that's the question I my initial ranking was maybe a little low in fact I had some reader feedback and I I looked back on it again and I kind of agreed with him I had a 27 I'm going to move him into the teens I'm going to move him in that same range with like Christian Kirk and Chris
2: Godwin and Amon Ross St. Brown. That's sort of neighborhood. So mid teens. I am at eighteen right now, and okay. and it's. And I think I'm not going to move him up from there. I'm confident. That's with 18. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there is enough risk. So they're playing the Rams. I don't expect Aaron Donald to play. We know Ashawn Robinson, their defensive end, has been on the IR, he won't be back this season. So what was once the number one run defense, this is a run defense you can definitely attack now. Those two most critical pieces of it are out. And we know the Packers want to run. Aaron Jones, a little A.J. Dillon. And so there may not be heavy pass attempts. We've seen Aaron Rodgers throw 20 passes in a game well more than once. So we could see that. So I like Watson where I have him. It's just that we're not going to see 10 targets, I think. And I think that's – but but definitely 18's an aggressive ranking. And yeah. you got to ride it. At this point, he hasn't let us down in, what, four games? So you go with that. And Rogers, he's a trust guy. We talk about this all the time. And I believe the trust is there now. Yeah, I, 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 I
1: see it. On the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, on a cooler, is Mike Evans. Had a big drop against Carolina way back for a – could have been a touchdown – Got completely interfered with on the Monday night game against the Saints. Would have been a touchdown. Had another touchdown callback in that game. Had a touchdown callback against the Niners. But he hasn't scored in ages, though. And he's not, you know, piling on deep plays. And they're, that's the problem with Tampa Bay is they're not getting the deep ball. And that hurts Evans more than anybody else in that
2: offense. So Tom Brady obviously has been a quarterback who likes to get the ball out quickly. You can take deep shots off of quick passing, which they're able to do. And you mentioned all the points. There are so many reasons why Evans could have done well in recent games. But as we watch these games like you do and I do, Jeff, there is just a little something off in their connection. They were yelling at each other on the sidelines during the last game. It's been a problem for some time. Now, despite all the things he could have had, he's been less than 50 yards in his last three games. No touchdowns. Again, call back. We get that. That's fine. But Evans has only caught 10 of his last 22 targets from Tom Brady. That's a low number. We know downfield passes, they have a low percentage. But 10 out of 22 is not good. He's had 10.4 or fewer PPR points in his last five games. Early in the season, he was fine. He was at least 18 points in four of his first seven games, so there is clearly something going on in the chemistry between them right now.
1: So it's hard to bench him, though. Is the problem? Um, I, I I think you would have to have really good depth to be able to start him. I, I mean, to bench him, I'm at. I'm still. I I did move him down to 24. It's as low <laughs> as I've had him.
2: 27. But, we're the same brain again.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but. And I, another guy moved down that was, that's right there with him is Jalen Waddle. Uh, we talked about two of his yes. problems. Waddle's r- really been the one that suffered from that the most. Uh, Tyreek has been able to beat the press a little bit more. Now, Waddle got banged up two weeks ago in San Francisco, and I think that's been underplayed as an issue. I think he's not completely 100% right now. Um, so, But th- th- those, those are guys right there in that range that I'm like, normal like slam dunk, easy starters, they're now like, yeah, I guess I got to start them sort of players.
2: Now, Jeff, we both have Mike Evans similarly ranked, but here's a question I want to ask you specifically about Cincinnati. Trey Hendrickson is out. Yep. How does that impact the time Brady may have? And with Chidobe Awuzie having been out on the IR for quite some time, does this give Evans maybe that more boom potential that we're realizing he's boom bust? Does this add to the boom possibility? Absolutely, it does.
1: It has to, of course. I will say in the Wouzier part of it, Cam Taylor Britt has really stepped up uh, rookie second round pick. Ironically, they drafted two defensive backs their first two picks. It's Taylor Britt that's been the guy that stepped up more than their first rounder out of Michigan. Uh, I think that that, but, and he's gotten better and better. Yet, Donovan Peoples Jones had over 100 yards receiving last week, but on the, he got, he was covered by Taylor Britt very well on, two key fourth down plays last week. So I think you're going to see him get tested a lot. Even still, um, Willie had the time Hendrickson being out hurt. They still have, uh, you know, BJ Hill in the middle. DJ reader is just shutting down the running oh, game. He's not a pass rush guy, but yes, he's, yes. he's awesome. Um, and Sam Hubbard's still been a very effective. He had six and a half sacks so far this year, but they need like Joseph Asai. They need some of these young guys to step up. Um, they tend to blitz early in games and then do a lot of eight uh, eight-man coverage right. uh, late in games. Uh, it's been an adjustment they'd make. They started doing it in the first half against Patrick Mahomes two weeks ago and it works. They rush three and it works um, so that's something you might look to see a little bit more to see if the Bengals continue to do that especially if the if the Bucks struggle to continue you know continue to struggle to run the ball
2: yeah, I could see a lot of – Brady loves the screen passes to Fournette and White anyway, so if they go with that eight-man drop, I think we're going to see a cajillion of these continued screen passes to those running backs. That would actually be effective against them.
1: Yeah, could be. We'll see. Um, I, I do think that's one good thing the Bengals have been doing in this run ever since last year is the second-half adjustments. Uh, the Jets, you know, we, we, we saw last week Corey Davis had a concussion. Elijah Moore led them in targets last week. We've gone full circle almost on him. And Mike White has kind of unlocked Elijah Moore a little bit. How aggressive would you be in starting Elijah Moore this week against
2: the Lions? I still have a little apprehension. The Lions are playing very good pass defense right now. Again, I see this is a very, very low volume game. I think both teams are going to do quite a bit of running. I'm not comfortable with the inconsistent target share that Elijah Moore is getting. I believe he's an elite talent, but we go over the last week. Now we love the last two weeks. Like you said, six targets last week With Corey Davis out, he was up to 10, but realistically. If Davis makes it back and there's not going to be a high volume pass game. I just wonder how many targets he's going to get. That's my right. only apprehension. It's not talent, Jeff.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, And the thing is, Detroit's got to be able to move the ball for them to, to get the volume. The, the Jets passing game to get the volume. If if Jared Goff plays like home field, Jared Goff instead of road field, Jared Goff, then <laughs> we'll see. I mean, then, then the all all bets are off because I like, I mean, I, I really like uh, a lot about uh, what Garrett Wilson can do. And I think Moore is still very talented. He gets some of those slot snaps. Yeah. I, I I'd like to see that there more. So give me more Elijah Moore and less Braxton Berrios, please.
2: Oh my gosh. How easy the easy button, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will be starting more in a couple of leagues, so something to watch for for that. Uh, a couple more guys to talk about in the passing game before we uh, move on to tight ends. uh Arizona pa- pass catchers. No Kyler Murray. What do you do with Hollywood Brown? I think you go ahead and start D Hop. Although I saw Colt McKay, M- Colt McCoy actually pop up on the injury list today too.
2: Yeah. So. Look, the one thing I will say for Hollywood Brown is we saw on Monday that Cliff Kingsbury wants to use him in the slot. Mm -hmm. Greg Dortch had been in that role, and he was very productive. I I was fully expecting him to take over for Rondale Moore, and it ended up Brown having those snaps more. I mean, Dortch hardly played. Anyway, having Brown in the slot is really advantageous for them. Denver, that's where you want to be. You want to be in the slot. You don't want to deal with their outside corners. And I Bryce Callahan missed last week, and if he's out especially, that could be the place that they need to attack. Connor's going to get his, but this is a potentially advantageous spot for Hollywood Brown, and Colt McCoy will have no problem getting the ball to the slot because Denver does bring a good pass rush. And so the slot and the quick passes, that would be the way to go.
1: All right. Very good. Um, so good hope for Brown. He had that one bad drop on fourth down. Ugh. Uh, that, that was the killer drop for the uh, Cardinals. Hopefully he doesn't reprise that moment uh, before we move to tight ends. Quick note, football is officially back on monkey knife fight with all the action that you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too on monkey knife fight. There's no sharks, no salary caps and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win daily, fancy player props. Join now at MonkeyKnifeFight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. Let's move in on to tight ends. Another disaster every week, it seems like. But we did see the game of Evan Ingram's life. How bankable is that going forward? Can we Can we comfortably start Evan Ingram going forward every week?
2: So Evan Ingram, actually on the serious episode with Mario Puig, we were advocating him week after week early in the season as a DFS cheap option. He was getting like four to six targets, and then it completely dried up. And so then, you know, obviously we've been avoiding him. And last week we didn't see that coming because, the well, the prior week he had the seventh target game against Detroit, but he only caught five for 30, found the end zone, but it was just a low production game it was just like one of four straight games that were just met and then this comes I I don't think it's bankable going forward Dallas is a top three team against the tight end in terms of fantasy production allowed so uh, that way it's not a good matchup but the way they use him when they choose to use him he's basically a slot receiver and yeah. so I don't profile him in your direct tight end matchup that way. So I think Dallas is going to get their pass rush. So I think he, he and Christian Kirk are going to be the guys are going to need to lean on. So actually I think this is your game where you get four catches, 45 yards and a 30% chance to score Jeff.
1: That might make you tight end five. <laughs> You're
2: right. You're right.
1: Which is where I have him this week. Um, Kelsey's obviously one. I still left Andrews too. Uh, but even that, I'm feeling. You know, I'm obviously less happy with the way things have gone with him lately. Hawkinson three, Schultz four, and then there's Ingram. I don't see an obvious guy to boost over Ingram.
2: You know, it. it I mean, I have him a little lower, but I get your point. Do not disagree with you a bit because once we get past the top tight end, it's really all muddled. It's a right? grab bag. Now, Every Mark week. Mark Andrews was shut out by Cleveland earlier in the year, and that was with Lamar shut out. Yeah, zip. And so I wonder, now, maybe JOK was part of that coverage package yeah. against him. That may have been part of the, the devil in the ointment or whatever. So it might help. But teams are ganging up. But like you said, he's Mark Andrews. How, how do you not put him up there? Because he, he, talent-wise, he's right there. So I do think, like, Cole Komet's a good play. I have a tight end 10 this week. Because since Same. Justin Fields has come in, when he gets on the move, the defense is kind of crowds toward him, and that's opened up Komet quite a bit. And the one place that Philly has been a little vulnerable is in the middle. Uh, Chaun- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's been on the IR. Avante Maddox, our slot corner, has been out. So there's a little void in the middle. So I do think Comets a decent play there as well. But like you said, just quibbling here, Ingram's a solid play.
1: Yeah, he is.
2: And there's there's
1: injury issues at tight end this week, too. Uh, Njoku is listed as limited so far this week with the knee He played through it last week and he played well, actually. Uh, Pat Friermuth is going to play through a foot injury. They said he's going to play through it again, but I mean, Pittsburgh's five and eight. They're done. Uh, Now they have their heroic quest not to give uh, Tomlin uh, his uh, first losing season. But I mean, honestly, I mean, I, it wouldn't take much to shut him down. I I kind of feel like Chica He's someone that, you know, is getting a little bit of a greater share, but, He's not, he, Hooper's not going away. I mean, Hooper's still there to, to steal targets away. It's not like you, one or the other is like, okay, we're going to get 10 targets from him. They're going to get like six or seven
2: apiece. And so they play a little bit different of uh, roles. Akanko is basically more of like a detached slot receiver type. Yep. And and we know, and, and you're, you're spot on with this, Jeff. Tannehill likes his big body targets. And Traylon Burks didn't practice on Wednesday. If he's out, it's going to be Hooper. It's going to be a Oconquo. But here's the deal. They're playing the Chargers this week. And we know one thing about the Chargers. You can run all these, like, 5.5 yards per carry on the ground, most in the league. And we see a lot of teams selling out to stop. I don't know if the Chargers have enough personnel to overload the box and try to stop it. This could be that Derrick Henry game where they just can't slow him down. And if that happens, there won't be much in the way to passing attempts. If you bet on that being successful stopping the run, then I think a has has a decent shot here. But otherwise, I have him a little lower than last week. I, I'm not – as I, I was really bullish on him last week. This week, not quite so much.
1: I like that. Good insight. Um, I, I And food for thought, I might move him down below Komet and Dolchitz and Knox. Henry maybe even too. I mean – but, again, it's always the tight end grab bag sort of thing there. Uh, but I will say one thing. Tennessee will not pass up the opportunity to run like Miami did last week. Miami, three and out on 14 seconds to open the game. I mean, that that, that set the tone for the game.
2: <laughs> it did. Yeah, now, That
1: will not happen this week. I can Jeff, guarantee you that. Real quick,
2: what was exciting about what Miami did, though, was there was a back up player in the secondary for the chargers they attacked him twice deep early they were going to and and the kid made the play he broke one of them up but they were going for the jugular and you point out astutely though it didn't work and it set the tone for the game
1: yep it really did it really did they wanted to hit the home run play right away early of course they hit the home run against the niners it didn't help them that much because they did nothing after after that play but you know there you go uh any other tight ends you want to highlight this week
2: well, I did already mention Colt, Dallas Goddard has a chance to play. They activated his window. Last report I read is that he potentially could play this week. Goddard was saying all along, as soon as he's eligible to play, he expects to get on the field. And so, look, nonetheless, Philly can attack the Bears any way they want and be successful, but if Goddard's healthy, then obviously he's an elite option. Uh, that's one main one there. Jawan Johnson's sneaky. They're playing Atlanta. He missed the last game, but he's usually 30 to 40 yards. Good chance to score. If you're stuck, he is definitely an option. And you did mention Conklin earlier. This is one of the better matchups, I think, with Detroit. And this game is going to be more of a sluggish. Remember, Mike White has those bruised ribs. So I think they're going to want to get the ball out a little more quickly when he has to throw this week. And that could lend to Tyler Conklin having an effective game.
1: Right. I got actually one more tight end I want to ask you about. I forgot to ask you about him earlier. Do we see more volume out of George Kittle with the Debo
2: out? It's a difficult call because here again, we have a quarterback with an injury. Now that should lend us a middle targets, but as we said earlier, Seattle being so bad against the run, Kittle could be deployed as a heavy blocker in this game, just to really put the hammer to that Seattle defense. I think, Kittle gets five targets here, and we know what he can do with five targets. I think it's a very low-volume passing game here. I think they have success on the ground. You're hoping for a play-action shot that results in a long touchdown where he gets a lot of yardage after the catch. That's the appeal, but the recent production has not been there. In his last four games, I want to say he's 28 yards or less.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm high acutely aware because my best team one of my best teams <laughs> has him um and it, it works against us that he's such a good blocker he's all it's yes. like a six lineman there so it's unfortunate for us uh ready to rip through some of these questions let's do it all right let's rip all right we're going to go in reverse order here so because it's easier for me to scroll up that way uh jazz asks who to start at wide receiver three elijah moore Miko hardman might come back Ben garonic darius slayton or demarcus robinson
2: Man, you know, Skoranek had something going with Baker Mayfield. They have a connection there. There's something to be said there. Slayton gets one big play every week, literally yep. six straight weeks. So I think for that, and it's been bankable, and Washington, you could get them because they're going to commit to the run. I'm going to go with Slayton there. All right.
1: I like it. I like it. Uh, let's go. Uh J says, Naje or Pacheco?
2: Najee will get more volume, but we both love Pacheco this week. And I'm going to lead Pacheco here. All right.
1: Uh, Kells, 22. Slayton, Fournette, Alec Pierce, Nico Collins need one for his flex. Or hers. I'm not sure.
2: Jeff, we talked about this game earlier. You said, like, Lou Anarumo is probably going to drop eight frequently against Brady. I think the screens are going to be there. Fournette gets seven, eight targets. His floor is too good to pass up.
1: All right. Roy Rosales says, Paris Campbell, Curtis Samuel, Alan Lazar, Tutu Atwell, or uh, or uh, Hollins, Mac Hollins. Pick three on full PPR. His head is spinning. Yeah, uh, if so These we- are your t- choices to fill three
2: receiver slots. I'd be spinning a little bit there, too. So we're sitting two of these guys. So I think we're sitting Mac Collins. His usage has been on the lower end. He got some yeah. trick runs last week. So I think we're sitting him in this one against the Patriots. I don't think the gimmicky stuff will be there. And then the second one we're sitting, I really do believe the Packers aren't going to throw a lot of passes this week. But it's really hard to play at well over Lazard. So what I'm going to say is you're starting Campbell, you're starting Samuel. Lazard is your floor play your boom bust choice if you gotta go that route is at well because he has been doing some things well I would probably lean to Lazard for the third though
1: I'm, I'm leaning Lazard as well um yeah. Kels again uh Elijah Moore Mac Hollins Alec Pierce oh, actually we, we covered yeah okay so notice it's slightly different um
2: Pierce or Moore I'm gonna ask you that one how about that Pierce was a fluke last time because they came out and they threw a couple deep shots on Dallas. He hasn't done anything the prior three weeks. Elijah Moore is safer. The slot will be a better place this week for the Jets.
1: Can we trust Jonathan Taylor against the Vikes?
2: Not for a big game, but he's getting 20 carries a week. Vikings are a very good run defense. They're going to load up the stop to run and make Matt Ryan beat them. They're going to be cool with that. But I think Taylor still gets you 80 yards.
1: Trey says, Denver defense versus Arizona or Green Bay de- defense versus the Rams? Really good choice to have here.
2: I tell you what, Baker coming off that good drive, you want to bet against Baker Mayfield as much as you can.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I like it. Uh, can Deshaun
2: Watson be trusted? He will, He looked a little better last week, I'll say that, but against Baltimore, I don't want to take him against Baltimore. Baltimore's going to get some heat on him. He'll run a little bit more, But but I have him outside the top 12. Quarterbacks, it's going to take time. He'll eventually knock the rust off, but I don't think it's close enough of it. And and, and John Harbaugh is going to make him sweat a little bit in this game,
1: for sure. All right, QB Jamie asks: Start Mac Jones or Mike White?
2: Oh wow! uh I, Again, I think that the Jets are going to be. I, I see thirteen to ten all over that game, but now we got to look at the New England side of things. And and I'm trying to look down. I'm trying to forget who they're playing right now. They're playing the Raiders. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with Mac Jones there. I, I just think that the the Jets are going to not throw a lot here.
1: All right, we're going split ballot on this one because I'm going white. I, I just yeah, I can only take so many screen passes from Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, just and, and Matt Patricia standing on the sideline woo, woo, doing his thing. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mike White on this one here. All right, that's going to wrap up today's podcast, guys. Thank you so much for all your comments and questions in the chat room. Do appreciate it there. If you didn't get the live stream, thank you for listening, of course, on whatever pod however you access your podcast, or you just watching the replay of this. Uh, Jim, let everybody know where they can find your work, both uh, written work as well as your audio work.
2: Yo, obviously, rotowire.com, it's a place to be. If you're not there, you need to be there for sure. A Sirius XM Saturdays one to three, channel eighty seven, Sundays nine to ten Eastern. Also, Twitter at Jim Coventry NFL. As Jeff said, I do threads five times a week. I do the positional ones. I do prop bet threads. Also on the RotoWire YouTube. Now, big point here: we do a, the RotoWire start sit stream on this channel every Sunday, two hours where the main slate kicks off. But because there are three games on Saturday, we're doing it on Saturday and Sunday at 11 Eastern because we know you got lineups. I'll always give you the why so you can make the best decision who to start.
1: love it. Love it. We got a double dip of Coventry this weekend there. Like it. Like it a lot.
2: All right, everybody. Thanks everybody for tuning
1: in. Thanks to No House Advantage for your sponsorship. Be back at you again with uh, John and Mario tomorrow. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.